Oh, careful, like a knight! All you beautiful people! You're fine? Few folk missing a night. Uh, I am aware it's what I start getting into the Christmas festive diary. For some years that means absolutely very little, but for others it means I got very busy. So I think we'll maybe we'll do one now, so I'll be two weeks time, so I think that's is it the fifth of oh. December and we'll probably go up there. If we tried to go to Oh for you then. Maybe in your Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not I'm I think we should just hear Christmas Bible study. <laughs> Christmas Bible study. Like baby Jesus. Mm. Well, I suppose I've got hard enough time trying to get. Oh, dear Nativity. Yeah. 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 I think so. This world we have exhausted the first five chapters is about justification, right? So you even probably able most days to relay back to me the simplicity, the beautiful truth of justification through faith. I'm not gonna ask you to <laughs> but if I say that justification was the historical moment that Jesus paid the price. For your son and my son and your shame and my shame and believing in him that we are eternally saved. That's the justification. It's, it's a beautiful, amazing truth. Two weeks ago we spoke on Abraham and how the true people of Abraham was the people of faith. And as we started in Romans chapter 1, Paul proclaimed that this was good news. And last week, two weeks ago, we said it wasn't just good news, but this was old news. That God has always saved his people through faith. And this is what Paul is trying to tell the church in Rome. That this is not a new doctrine. That this is not just something that's arrived on the scene. But Adam was saved through faith. That Abraham was saved through faith. That Isaac was saved through faith. But we get the opportunity to be saved by faith through the blood Oh Jesus, that eternal covenant. Uh, and this week, in two weeks' time, we'll round off, I believe, this beautiful world, justification. It does take a step probably further this evening, and we're going to look at Romans chapter 5, going to read for verse 1. The first one, I had got the oracle this evening, she's a while doing to London, so I'll have to do it myself. The first words, therefore, and all you brilliant Bible students will can fin it says, therefore, and also you had to look at the before. So this is a springboard. He's saying, well, look, we're going some way with this to deal with justification. Therefore, 
And I am reading, then I always hear my read for this translation, but the New King James Version. Yeah, yeah far as the New King James out. Just the one. <laughs> well, Sam's the minority has got the good news report, and the majority is wrong. <laughs> the reason I am on the New King James the night is I didn't think, I've got to get one person to agree with me, I didn't think the NLT does this scripture justice. I'm allowed to say that because I can, if I ever wrote the NLTs and I got to listen to little old me in a Bible study and phone up and give my rebuke. But it just Disney for me. I think that the words, the, the, the words were better in this study, right? Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just going to read it right through and then we'll go back and digest a few things. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. Hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I think this next bit for me is just absolute dynamite. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. And then he takes it to the level of earth, or how humans react. Scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. This is how he's saying, somebody might die for somebody good. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. And that while we were still sinners. St. Christ didn't die for good people. While we were still sinners, this goes beyond our human comprehension of what we think love is, what love does, and what love looks like. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than, this is the words I like, it's included in the King James. Much more than, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, that's where we were before Jesus saved us. Nay, that God was our enemies, but we were enemies of God. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, that's that again, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Okay, there is a lot in there. I'm going to try and keep us quite, quite simple and straightforward. There's this thing that I'll title Standing. 
It's for God sees us legally through the blood of Jesus. There was a then, according to this scripture and many others, but when we got saved, that standing before him changed. So it says, therefore we've been justified by faith. We now have peace. Before we had peace, we were at war. We were enemies. We were hostile. Before we were saved, well, I'll start with what we are now. You can mark this list as, you can do this in your personal time. This is a few things I thought. God sees us as saints. That's how he looks at his people. Spotless saints. If it were before we were saints, we were sinners. We were not just people that sometimes sinned, we were actual sinners. Spoke about this last week and it's mentioned again tonight. God sees us as his friends. Before we were his friends, we were his, it's mentioned in the scripture, enemy. Incredible that we used to be an enemy of God, a blasphemer, an unbeliever. Now we are his family. Scripturally, before we were saved, we were, there's an easy way to say this, but as he says to the Pharisees and uh, the Jewish people, your father is the devil and he is a liar. We were the enemies. We were in the enemy's camp. We could take an old song as well and now we are... Now we're found. That's our standing. If it were before we're found, we were lost. Now we can see. If it were before we could see, we were blind. You can, this is an endless list, okay? Now we've received hope. Then we're hopeless. Or standing. Now for the standout, the life experience. So would you agree, through the blood of Jesus, this is our legal standing. This is how God sees us. That's biblical truth. You understand that? Now for the standout, the life experience. That's my standing to have peace with God. Do I, have I matched up completely to the standout of fair is to have peace with God or do I fall short? 
falls short. God says I'm a saint. That's a legal standing. When he looks at us, he sees Jesus. He sees perfection. He sees us through the eyes of the cross. In my life experience, since I got saved, if I lived that out perfectly, or if I fell in shot. Oh, you fell in shot. And we could go through each one of these, and I wish, since the day I got saved, I had lived like God's friend. But I've fallen short. And this will become apparent while we're going through this. His family, I wish I'd been a perfect family member, like I'd been found, like I could see at a time full of hope. But in each case, I fall short. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. That is, that's for the ways. That is, and infinitely more things you could write in that board if I give you a pen and you were to write, how does Jesus see me now because of justification? Every last ballot is received through grace, apart from works. That's sometimes a mystery to get up here to But if I then show you this. Standing in reality, right? You can take your life. But I'll take my life. Something amazing happened in the world. On the 21st of July. Nineteen eighty two. He came for an amazing thing happened in the world on the 21st of July in 1982. Yes! <laughs> Mark it in your diary, get your Google Calendar out there. I became a, a son. I didn't mark my mum and dad. My mum and dad. My big brother did that. But I got the first title I would ever hear. And it's a son. Something else happened, hopefully I get this right. 20th of June, that right? 20th of June. 2000. Seven. Five. 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 <laughs> so I've got the birth certificate to prove I'm a son. I've got the marriage certificate to prove till death do us part. Became a husband legally. And then something else happened, and hopefully I've got us right, Jacob. The 2nd of June. 2007. Yes, that's why you were thinking 2007. You can do us with you. I became added to being a son, added to being a grandson, added to being a husband, I became a dad. For the first time, and cradled us little loon in the front row. Loved that. You made me great. Made you great. That's right. You've always been great. It just became official. Loved that so much. Did that another two times. Then asked my the birthdays of them. 
The standard. Have I always lived up to the standard according to scripture of being a perfect son? You can ask my mum and dad that question, then ask my granny, she'll say yes he has. <laughs> I fell short. According to Ephesians, a husband to love his wife like Christ loves the church. Well, that's quite a big love. And you can ask it of now. <laughs> <laughs> Have I always met the standard, the biblical standard that I call an affair is to be a husband? Fell short. You can ask Jacob of other two. If I always, according to many scriptures and proverbs and beyond, been the perfect, the perfect dad. And also I was looking at this thing in my office, because something else happened. Something else happened on the 22nd day of April 2014. This is my legal right. To be irreverent. He didn't look that impressed. <laughs> they are looking slightly confused. How are you, really? 2014, nine years ago. Feels like 90, and I can't put you. But that was, uh, Rev. You can ask the church. If at all times, every circumstance, if we fulfilled the high code, then I'd probably say. Fail short. The point is, even if you fall short of being a son, does that mean you're no longer a son? No. Nope. Well, Paul, let's go ask you if that's <laughs> <laughs> It depends on your fun. I'm next to you. Aye, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you get the picture. <laughs> Apart from the experience, there's a legal document. And I'm there a husband because I remember Valentine's Day. I'm there a husband because I forget Valentine's Day. So it's near a daily choice. So we married. How am I doing today? Yeah. Are we married today? Are we doing good today? Am I a son today? There's a presumption because it's legal. There's a birth certificate. It's documented. That's the reality. Apart from experience. The take this back, right? Sometimes we evaluate our Christ life on this side and near that side. That we see our shortcomings and think one day I'm saved and the next day I'm lost and one day I feel found and the next day I'm lacking hope. In a good season I feel part of his family, I'm not doing so good and I feel so... Um, 
Nay parties family and a cast off and a reject. We have to can fair is to hear this standing in reality through faith. Our experience doesn't affect our biblical standing in reality. I was reading this the day when Jesus says a slave is only temporary, it's part of the house. But a son is a part of the house forever. And I think it's worth driving him. Because for years I lived in this. And it's the Grand Hall Duke of York Christianity. It's when you're up, you're up. When you're doing, you're doing. And when you're only halfway up, you didn't have came fair up on doing. <laughs> when you came fair is to have biblical understanding of truth or standing before the Lord that we're saved and we're eternally saved. Would you believe me this statement then? If that is justification that he has obtained our standing in God through his blood would you agree with that statement that Jesus gave everything for you to receive us mm -hmm. like shedding his blood his life on a tree Dying a criminal's death, that Jesus gave absolutely everything he could. He couldn't have given mere. He could have magic some money or magic some buildings and made us safe and gave us good homes. But the true love of God towards sinners was the expression on the cross that he gave absolutely everything. So could we could enter in through faith, by grace, and this is how we stand the day. He gave everything. The next bit then blows my mind. We've got to read again for verse 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, his death brought that. You agree with that? Okay. Much more than Jesus gave everything for that. And then he says, much more 
then. Interesting. Because what he's saying is, he's a what I say next is much more than everything that he gave on the cross. So if we believe truly as Christians that Jesus gave everything, and all of this is a done deal, and every one of us says, Amen, justification through the blood, then Paul is saying, Okay, he gave everything, look at them much more. Much more then, having now been justified, we've already got this, historical Jesus obtained this, it's a done deal. You're a son and a daughter forever. You always, you'll see he's his friend, you'll see he is his saint, you're at peace with him. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. That's an incredible truth. How much more if historical Jesus saved you then? Your God is saved in the day of wrath, and you will enter into glory forevermore. Sometimes I think the judgment seat, oh no, the wrath of God poured out in sinners, I'll probably get at least a tail and a half. But if we believe this is true for justification with historical Jesus, then Paul is saying, look forward. How much more? If Jesus gave everything on the cross and you're his friend, how much more is he going to welcome you in to your eternal dwelling place? That's good news. Amen. How much more? That's historical Jesus. There's a future Jesus that is going to see you is a peaceful, saint-filled friend, part of his family, apart from works. It's been done. It's a legal document, signed and sealed with the precious blood of Jesus, yeah. the Holy Spirit in your life confirming his truth. People said, do you lose your salvation? That's a big question. Did you gain your salvation? That's the other question. If you gained your salvation, you can lose it. But if Christ gained your salvation, does he lose a Christian? Does he lose a son? You and Pac are in the meantime. How much more in the day of wrath? Verse 10. For if, when we were enemies, she said, while we were blasphemers, while we hated God, while we were his enemies, while we was against him, we were reconciled to God through the death. Well, ah, oh, this happened to you. Well, you were enemies. While we hated on God, while we was outside his family, he died for you for you was his enemy. How much more? Having been reconciled, now that this is a done deal, and you have peace, and you're part of God's family, and you have hope, and you have been found, and you can see him, how much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved. I suppose right goes back to, I think it was Romans 1, when we kept saying we're saved by his death. But the scripture says, how much more been reconciled we shall be saved by his life. By his life. 
And not only that, but we also rejoice. Saved. You were saved. This was done at his death. So what does it mean that Jesus knows how much merit he saved you in his death? How much more does he now save you? Now that you're his friend. Now that peace has been reconciled. Now that you're part of his family. How much more does he save you by his life? Theologians and commentators will tell you a host of different things. Some say it's the eventual salvation. But this is what I think. I'm sure I gave one person at least agree on that. Because God kens us that we still here, if we just concentrate on historical Jesus, that might be great and good news and we can rejoice about just that forevermore. But there is still a life to be lived, isn't there? Does God care about the life you live today? So he does care about all this. He's got to care about all this. So it's not like I get to live by a sin, like a sinner, and God doesn't care about that as long as he just sees me as Jesus. This is what I think it means for God to say, this is a done deal through his death, but he now saves you through his life. This is grace. That the standing that I have, I grow. Spiritually grow. If you've ever read the truth of the vine, in St. John, when Jesus says, He is the vine, we are the branches. Abide in me, much fruit will be produced through you. The source of our spiritual power and spiritual life is Jesus. He wants us through his power now When it mentions the works of the flesh in the Bible, that's the sinful nature, it says the works of the flesh are obvious. Bitterness, anger, malice, rage, and it lists a whole host of things we shouldn't do. When it mentions fruit, it doesn't say the work of the Spirit. It says the fruit. It's the works of the flesh. So we do. The Spirit is the fruit the cross so what Paul is saying is this is received through justification through his death how much more now that you're his friend does he want to see this in your life. Yeah. How much more, more than everything. Mm -hmm. Like I brought this to. He gave everything on the cross, 
you agree we are? Yeah. Lab 10, thus through his death, a legal standing. And Paul is saying much more than historical Jesus. Does he now want to save you through his life? Present salvation. Because I'm pretty sure Jesus is still there in the grave. I'm pretty sure he's alive. And the biblical truth is Christ in you, the mystery before the beginning of time, now explained. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Do you believe much more than him giving everything on the cross? Is he working out your salvation in your life? So you become, hopefully after 10 years or 20 years, your mere saint. If you've been walking with Jesus for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, you might not even notice it yourself. Because we are the clay and he is the potter and it's a gentle nudge in the right direction. He's fashioning something beautiful. I never ever waking up in the morning and thinking I'm dramatically changed for you still Do you? No. Well, you look through 20 years. Mm. And somebody else can maybe tell you how you, for 20 years ago, you're changed. How much more does God want, does Jesus want to, that's already been obtained, to experience his peace, to live like a saint? That's what Paul says, not that I've already perfected any of that standing, but one thing I do, I look forward at the scar that went yesterday, the good times, the bad times, I go forth to obtain Prize which Christ has bought my for growth. How much better? <clears throat> Millions of Christians have a very strong historical Jesus. Millions of Christians turn up to church every Sunday, <coughs> taking communion, worshipping and singing the old songs and there's nothing wrong with that. They have an amazing historical Jesus and they would agree we are this. Have peace with God. I was his enemy. I'm full of hope. He sees me as a saint. I'm a friend of Jesus. Many millions of Christians all over the world have a very strong historical Jesus and a very weak present saviour. And they didn't care nothing at all about the indwelling power of Christ in you, the hope of glory. That we accept the future Jesus, that he's going to save us one day. We fully accept the historical Jesus that we've been saved by his blood. We have a big problem with the gap. Because then we think, well, it's... I've got to mark my peace with God, and I've got to try and be a saint, and I'm going to try and act better the day to be God's friend, and I need to book up my ideas to be part of his family, and I need to sort my attitude out about being found and being lost, and all the time, Jesus is saying, even more than what you've seen on the cross, even more than the love of Jesus on the cross, even more than the blood that was shed, the crown of thorns, even more than him breathing his last breath to secure your salvation, even more, that's why I like the King James, 
Because it includes even more. Will he save you with his life? And it just gives us beautiful picture. Lord Christ is resurrected. He's alive. He's well. He's conquered death. His job's now finished. He's finished at the cross for justification. But he is investing his entire spiritual life working out salvation so that we would appropriate our lives to our standing. That's near the fall last. It'll never be the fall last. But the list goes on. Our standing in, in Jesus. So Jesus, although we would say many have a strong historical Jesus, a very weak present Jesus. God wants us to hear a magnificent view of historical Jesus, believe that we're justified in our right standing and see his work in your life today is even more. Whatever you think of the cross, sorry, almost tripped up. Whatever you think of the cross, even more, even more, even more. That should give you rest. That should give you extreme rest. You think even, even more than the cross? But he gave everything. Well, he gave more than everything to save you by his life. There's just a few thoughts I want to, to finish with. I just love this thought. I had a kind of time. I'm trying to go back time. Oh, look, time's here. We've got time. Only God can tell us that we were once enemies. We were once enemies. God justified us through his blood. Give us peace. He'll save us. He saved us then. He'll continue to save us. But I love this repetition to do we praise. And it's probably something I don't do often enough is just to thank Jesus. And yet God takes people that were enemies. And through love, giving them the choice, he turns them into worshippers. Like that's an incredible miracle that a terrorist towards a organization or a people group would then find love with a people group. And if the Bible is to be trusted and true, that we were our enemies. And yet we've turned into to worshippers. The one that we naturally hated we now supernaturally love. And I guess I'm a think, I think a lot about things and we have prayer meetings and we do prayer requests and prayers and petitions before the Lord. But when I hear Paul's heart here and he's explaining this, he's seeing this, you've got to get his heart with thanksgiving. I think it's something I want to include more in my life. It's just not coming with my last or my wants and my cares, even for you, the beautiful church of the living God. 
I just simply hear moments. So if harder is true, where's my response going to be? If it's not try harder, mm -hmm. it's receive. If it was Paul's response, and he mentions us few things, I'm going to end with us. In verse 2, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We've explained that we stand in grace. And I rejoice in hope of the glory of God. He said, I see it. And I rejoice in the hope that gives me. Nay, I hope, like, I hope I get a fire rise. <laughs> well, I hope I get snow on Christmas Day. Or I hope next year will be a beautiful summer in the northeast. That's a variable hope that might happen and might not. So I see the truth, the justification. I'll tell you, I'm going to deal with that. He says, I, I kind of beg for what I've been given, but I'm going to rejoice in the hope that I've been given. He says, I rejoice in hope. And not only that, verse 3, but we also glory, the word for glory and rejoice was the same word, but we also glory in tribulations. Mm -hmm. What word is it in the NLT or the NIT? Be a different word. Sufferings. Sufferings. Problems and trials. Problems and trials. So we come to the prayer meeting and we... Try and pray these things away. <laughs> we every problem, every tribulation. You think, oh, let's, let's, let's get God to move this mountain. But Paul, with the revelation that he's carrying, of his standing in Jesus, he says, oh boy, oh boy, well, I'm rejoicing in hope, but I'm also glorifying, I'm also rejoicing, I'm also singing praises. Not because my tribulations have passed, but I'm glorying in my tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope. Hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. He said, oh, even in my tribulations and in my trials and in my problems, I'm seeing the hand of Jesus. Therefore, I glory. I praise God in tribulation. That's near my natural reaction. When I face tribulation, I'm sure it's near yours either. But once receiving the revelation and explaining justification, right standing, he said this, tribulation, I see God's hand in it. It's doing something within me that I can't see. And me getting through and persevering, and I'll be a day with we'll never have to persevere through anything. But it's itching a lot in my character. I'm being moulded. It's learning how to push through some stuff in the spirit and the strength of Jesus. Your trials and your problems, if you'd never ever had a problem after you got saved, mm -hmm. you would look less like Jesus than death. Mm -hmm. That's a gospel truth. Yeah. If you had the, just the, the, the rosy life mm -hmm. since the day you got saved, mm -hmm. 
that you would look less like Jesus is dead. In light of faith, he says, I rejoice in tribulation because it produces perseverance. It's like going to the jam. It's producing something. That strain, that stress. Produces perseverance. Perseverance, character and character hope. Rejoice in tribulation. And then he goes through all that and at the end, verse 11, after he spoke about being justified in the blood of Jesus and rescued through his life. Not only that, he's always got to add this on. Not only are that truth, not only are that hope, not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. <clears throat> I didn't want to lose before we leave. I didn't want to lose through many words the miracle God did in your life that he would take an enemy, create peace through the blood, work in your life and save you the day and turn you into a worshipper. Somebody that will say, even in trial, thank you, Jesus. There is purpose in my pain. There's a plan in my perseverance that you are doing something. And that rejoice in God, my Saviour. If only the Christian would can. He's got a strong historical Jesus. Even more, he's got a strong present Saviour. And he a wonderful, glorious, majestic, glorified Saviour forevermore. How can we nay hear heart? Or oh, thank you, Jesus. And mark that part of our daily routine. Just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, even more. Thank you, Jesus. But one more thing, thank you, Jesus. I'm thanking Jesus and God. I'm thanking him for in person. I thank you for the hope that we now have. Only God can take an enemy and mark him my very best friend. What a miracle! What a miracle! Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for our standing before you. All that biblical truth that when we read, we can only receive them through faith. We pray for the light of the gospel to illuminate and to reach out the hand of faith and receive the truths that you speak out of our lives. That you have created us. That you see us through the blood of Jesus as pure and as spotless as Christ himself. That we are washed in the wedding garments, white as snow. That Jesus, you would see us as part of your family. That you would see us as a friend. That once we were terrorists that knew you have created peace, a bond of peace, never to be broken through your precious blood. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are a present saviour, that you are alive, that death could not hold you, the resurrection power burst you out of that grave. And God, now you live your life through us, through the life of faith. And I pray for each one of us gathered here that we would rest in your present salvation work. 
that you would create your fruit and use us for your glory. That you and you alone would be the source for spiritual life. We ask for your spiritual peace, your spiritual joy, your fruit of kindness, your fruit of gentleness, your fruit of self-control. That God day by day, glory by glory, would be aging towards us looking like your family, us looking like saints, us being felt overflowing in your peace. And we pray that our experience would move ever so closer to our standing in Christ. And before we go, we turn with a heart of praise and thanksgiving and say, Thank you, Jesus. You're a wonderful Saviour. He snatched us for hell. He snatched us as for being forever your enemy, forever hostile towards you. And you have made peace and reconciliation through your blood. And we thank you even in the midst of a trial, in the midst of difficult circumstances, we stand and dress and say, thank you, Jesus. You're still a good saviour. You're still the lover of our souls. And we look forward to seeing you face to face. And we will be welcomed into our forever home as a forever friend and a forever family member or eternal father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.